Lizzie smiled sadly. The way people talked about Ellen Grace, even her own daughter, it was as if she was dead instead of... Her thoughts were interrupted by the shrill and sudden jangling of the telephone in the hallway. She jumped at the sound, wondered who on earth could be calling, then remembered that she'd already given the number out to a few select people. She picked up the heavy receiver but instead of a caller's voice, there was a tone alerting her of a new message. It might be Chester Durham, her London-based literary agent, calling with news about the new book deal he was in the middle of brokering with her publishers. Not quite sure the old phone could handle such modern sophistication, she dialed 1571 to find out. The phone worked, but the message wasn't from Chester. Mandy sighed as she heard the familiar, pointed tone of voice. This is your mother, remember me? I've been trying to call you all morning. I take it that you just don't want to pick up. I know you think it's wonderful and all that you've got the place you wanted. And you know I only want you to be happy, but I still think it's a folly, dear. A complete and absolute folly. I mean, what if it turns out you've been sold it on false pretenses? This Grace woman might suddenly turn up, you know. There was never any proof that she was dead, probably just gone wandering off. She was a writer after all, and everybody knows they're all stark staring mad. Not you, darling. Not yet, anyway. I know you've not done too badly out of it, though I wish you'd get yourself a proper... Mandy had heard enough. She deleted the message without listening to the rest of it and put down the receiver with a satisfied smile. Bye, mother. If only it were that easy to shut her up when you were face to face. She turned to Buster, who was sitting in the middle of the hall, watching her intently. Time for the grand tour, she said. The dog padded in Mandy's wake around the empty living room, where she paused to gaze lovingly at the carved oak fireplace, then into the large slate-floored country kitchen, with its deep, square Belfast sink, fitted reproduction antique cupboards and worktops, and a door leading out to the back garden. But when she left the kitchen and turned left into the winding passage to explore the rest of the ground floor, he began to whine and seemed not to want to accompany her. What is it? she asked him. Don't you want to see the rest of your new home? Then, noticing the way he seemed to want to hang about the kitchen, she realised what was up. I get it, you're thirsty, aren't you? Hold on, I'll get you some water. She trotted out to the car and brought in the plastic bag in which she'd packed a selection of doggy essentials, among them his water dish. She filled it from the tap in the kitchen and laid it down on the slate for him to slurp at. Leaving him to his devices, she shut the kitchen door and went on exploring the house. It was even more wonderful than she remembered, with beamed passageways and twisting corridors leading here and there to studded oak doors and beautiful little rooms, each with its own unique and delightful period features. When she'd finished admiring the ground floor, she ran up the wooden staircase to check out the upstairs. Of the cottage's three bedrooms, the one she'd already chosen for herself was an airy, secluded space at the end of a long, narrow passage. 
Mandy was certain that the bedroom, with its own tiny ensuite bathroom, and a splendid view across the wildflower meadow to the rear of the cottage, had been Ellen Grace's choice before her. The passage leading to it was dark and windowless, lit only by a series of quaint, old-fashioned wall lamps, designed like lanterns, each with its own clunky Bakelite switch. It was a joy to walk up the passage, clicking lights on as he went, then swinging open the heavy arched door into the brilliant sunlit space of the bedroom. Mandy's heart thrilled at the idea that this was her very own. Returning down the winding staircase, she found herself unable to resist the urge to go back into the room that was to be her writing study. The view from its twin windows was as beautiful as that from the bedroom. Across the wavy fields, a line of...